Just with the scent of potpourri Films we commit to memory Crossing the felt ropes Watching from home on my TV Looking at all my eyes can see They tell me I view obsessively Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com. And while every episode will always be free, if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer for tons of audio content, bonus audio content, including TV and book reviews, immediate reaction, movie reviews, Patreon potpourri episodes, movie commentary tracks, and much, much more. Uh, on Patreon now, I have my immediate reaction to uh, the movie that we're going to be reviewing tonight and a bunch of other immediate reactions. I am also doing a ton of book reviews, so I've been doing read-along reviews of the Expanse series. I'm on book four, um, and of course, there is a ton of Stephen King content there, too. So uh, check that out, patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. I'm your host, Matt Hurt, and you can find me on social media, including Letterboxd, at obsessiveviewer. And today on the show, we're going to be reviewing Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is currently in theaters. And joining me uh, to do that is returning guest, my IFJA colleague and friend, Joe Shearer, whose letterboxed is letterboxd.com slash Joe R. Shearer, and whose written work can be found at MidwestFilmJournal.com. And he uh, also can be found on, uh, oh my God, the podcast, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Medium Cool, a movie podcast. Medium Cool, yeah. a movie podcast. Uh, how is it going, Joe? Welcome back to the show, and and thank you for joining me tonight. Yeah, it's, it's going very well, thank you. Um, yeah, we, we've uh, got some good movies coming up. We're getting into the heart of the summer the summer season so yes uh, things are, are getting exciting and um yeah it's it's a good time to be a movie fan i think um absolutely and, uh, yeah, certainly as the as the uh um as the industry continues to kind of morph and evolve i, I think we we have a, a lot of good options for for watching uh, really great movies so oh um, absolutely and, and like today's entry joins that i I agree. <laughs> like, I, I'm I'm really excited to talk about Spider Man just because I left the theater maybe an hour and a half ago, so it's mm -hmm. very very fresh in my mind. Um, so I'm very uh, eager to talk about that. But yeah, this let's talk about the current like movie climate. Like, yeah. this year has been very solid. Um, mm -hmm. Like tomorrow, we're going to be um, experiencing. Uh, mm -hmm. a screening of uh, Indiana Jones, which I'm excited yeah. for. How, what, what's your excitement for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? It, it's, um, uh, as it is generally with, with movies of this type, cautiously optimistic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was a bit underwhelmed by um, the, uh, you know, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoyed it, but it had a lot of, uh, sort of ridiculous things that I didn't love, which I guess that's not to say that the other Indiana Jones didn't have ridiculous things. Um, but I don't know. I guess as an adult, it it um, it, it annoyed me a bit more. The Shia LaBeouf factor was there. Yeah. Uh, you know there there was uh, there was a weird scene with ants that didn't quite land for me. There was oh yeah the ridiculous sequence where Shia LaBeouf was like swinging like Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know to borrow from from today's topic. Mm. Uh, with monkeys like swinging with monkeys through the jungle i was like this is the most <laughs> ridiculous thing that's happened in any of these movies mm -hmm. um 
but you know it wasn't without its charms i mean you know it's it's indiana jones still and and this one oddly is the first one not directed by steven spielberg but kind of feels like a return to form just by you know seeing the the trailers and and uh what they're going for hopefully it's it's uh uh, a, a love letter, uh, a little bit more than it would be a cash grab. So, yeah. um, which I'm thinking is is uh, kind of where it seems like it's going. So, um, yeah, I, I keeping my fingers crossed that it's not an abomination and it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's a uh, uh, worthy of of the other entries of the franchise. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's kind of how I am whenever there's a new one coming out. I get excited and you know, and then I'm like, oh, please don't suck, please don't be terrible. <laughs> I, I think that's a, a kind of a common theme for a lot sure. of people. But, uh, yeah, but I, I'm, you know, sometimes you're disappointed and sometimes you're not. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic um, as well. You know, I only recently, and when I say recently, I mean in the last like two years, only recently mm-hmm. saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull for the first time. Wow, um, yeah, because yeah, I had heard so many bad things um, mm-hmm. about it, but it ended up not not being like I did not have as as aggressive a response to it as I expected to um yeah. honestly I kind of I kind of enjoyed that like 50s sci-fi vibe mm-hmm. that it was going for um yeah. but everything else about it just kind of kind of didn't really work <laughs> in a lot right, of ways yeah. well so, it was interesting yeah. that Steven Spielberg sort of like I guess half-assed through George Lucas under the bus for it. You know, there were, oh, there was yeah. a comment or two where he was like, well, listen, like George is the writer and he did what he did. So, you know, like there's only so much I can do here. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt like what he would say it some of the time, but yeah, Ugh. I mean, listen, they, they get old. I mean, listen, we, we could say a lot about George Lucas and, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, at least in a modern context, put his, has put his writing display on, you know, his writing talents on display for, you know, over the last 25 years or so <laughs> and to uh, diminishing returns. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that kind of just is what it is, but mm-hmm. um, you know, the, hopefully this one can be a little bit more and can pop a, pop up a little bit back to form. Like I said, yeah. I, I recall my review of that at the time was um, th- I think the headline was something like, worse than the originals still go see it you know it was like something like that like it wasn't as good (laughs) but still it's worth watching it's not terrible right it does a couple of ridiculous things but Mm -hmm. what movie doesn't yeah exactly especially in a modern context like you know what would be good here (laughs) i don't know a spaceship and (laughs) you know the how about ants ants are cool those are scary (laughs) i read this story about ants eating someone's flesh let's do that in this movie (laughs) I guess that's okay, sure. Yeah. Um, Nevertheless, I'm curious to see what happens. Um, And then elsewhere we have, I mean, The Flash is coming out this week. I've seen it. I'll probably talk about it later in the episode. Um, It's fine. It's totally (laughs) fine. Like, here's the thing. The kind of fascinating thing about The Flash for me is that it's a perfectly... It's a it's a perfectly fine comic book movie and it's just like uh most of the way through it I was like this is you know this is a pretty decent like um how did I phrase it I phrased it a certain way on Letterboxd it's it's kind of a um it's an interesting like death knell for 
Um, yeah. I put, uh, there's a lot of goofy fan service and, oh, no, wait, I didn't say that. I think I, oh, I think I posted on Facebook, but anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, it's a, uh, radio, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> is this radio? Is that what this is? Is that what we call it? Sure. <laughs> uh, let me find it here. It Here's what is... I wrote about this. Oh, wait, I didn't write that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, oh, I yeah. know what you mean. Like, the nostalgia is definitely there. Yeah. You know, they've, they've thrown Michael Keaton front and center. Um, I obviously am not aware of, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not mm-hmm. aware of all of the, the spoilers. I've heard rumors of certain cameos. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, the, they certainly, as you said, they're they're wrapping up the Snyderverse, so to speak, allegedly, yeah. uh, to make way for James Gunn and whatever he's going to do. It's it, it's just sad because I've been since you know they started making everybody into a, a, a movie, and you know really loading the Avengers up. It it yeah. kind of I've been this is the the day I've been fearing when people start turning on it because they were you know the MCU was were, were the darlings for. A decade now yeah suddenly now it's like superhero fatigue and mm-hmm. this is what happens in the movie industry is uh, yeah oh everybody's yeah. gonna make one and there you know there were a million knockoffs and you know then dc jumped in it and they just kind of sucked and kind of kept sucking until mm-hmm. they sucked the well dry and then they're like well let's start over i guess yep and everybody's kind of waiting for a good superman movie now and yeah there's not really been a good batman movie for you know 10 years or so yeah when was when was the dark knight rises are we going to call that Uh, a good one 2012 and i I I will stand by that one yeah listen there there are some there's a couple of moments where you're just like were you really thinking hard about this chris nolan (laughs) yeah but but also still was was pretty okay yeah so yeah let's call that the last really good batman movie yeah Um, Certainly not well, Batman Superman. Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a that was atrocious. <laughs> I and like I have friends who say like hey, you got to watch the director's cut. You've got to watch the director's cut of Batman v Superman. I'm like, yeah, maybe eventually, but like I just I I've I've just not I've not had the desire I, I to. I don't know. I mean, is is there is Doomsday still as Evan says a poop monster at the end? <laughs> right. I, I mean, if that's still there. If Martha's still it, oh there, my God, it, that it's not. I don't care yeah. if you have two more scenes. I don't care if there's extra Thomas Wayne exactly. scenes in there. It's not going to be much better. No, it's <laughs> it, the Martha thing. It still is just so <laughs> so insane to me that that made it through every stage of production, <laughs> and no one was like, "Hey." This is the dumbest fucking thing that's ever been in a comic book movie. What are we doing here? Like, I mean, listen. Have Jesus. you seen Blank Man? Have you seen uh, <laughs> Superman 4? Did you see Batman and Robin? Like, this was dumber than anything in any of those movies. Exactly. Uh, and, and I'll be nice to Blank Man. I'll, I'll let me say this about Blank Man. I never saw that movie. So maybe it's oh. maybe it's lovely. I don't know. Yeah. But certainly those other movies are are horrible. And they're yeah, nothing in those movies. Uh, are as ridiculous the batman credit card the bat the batster card is that what we would call it sure <laughs> uh the bastard card um that was not as ridiculous as martha oh my god you yes. that name? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god it's just so oh, it is ridiculous but i will yeah. say like i Maybe we've talked about this before, but I don't know how you felt about the Batman, but I loved that one. 
Um, yeah. I know a lot of people yep. weren't too hot on it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. This is my thought on it. Looking at it by itself, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, uh, again, some of our friends hate it. Mm-hmm. Some of our friends love it. Um, you know, and, and we, you know, they've all talked, you know, written about or spoken about it publicly in ways. Yep. I don't know if you guys who, you know, whoever is listening to this, <laughs> if they would care one bit what our friends who have their own websites think. Um, but, you know, uh, that's, that's mainly who I kind of listen to. I look at kind of critical reception and then listen to what my friends who were, I guess we're critics in a modern sense, mm-hmm. um, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> that those are kind of the, the opinions that matter to me. And I, I don't think it was as bad as some of them said. And I, but also like, I don't, I didn't think it was particularly great, but having said that the bar has been raised for superhero movies and whatever the fate of that movie is ultimately, it's sort of strange that that movie got kind of shoved through and made given the upheaval of all. I mean, there's literally a version of the previous Batman in a movie tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yep. You know, the Ben Affleck Batman who Robert Pattinson was ostensibly replacing (laughs) is going to be in a new movie literally coming out tomorrow. Um, So it's, it's just, it's hard to get into because now, I mean, continuity is so much now. It's everything for a superhero movie. Now it has to be, it has to fit into a world. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that, I guess, as you know, if you're a movie goer and you're just like, Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I have to see 20 movies to, to watch this one. You really generally don't honestly, but you'll get a lot more out of it if you do. Yeah. And having this movie again, like if they were going to make that movie to me, they need to, why, like, why didn't we have Robin in this movie? I, like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I get, I get having Robert Pattinson as a setup. Uh, and, and I guess the idea would be a, fran- a new franchise, but does that does this Batman fit into a world with Superman? I don't I don't know that I see that. Um, I guess I I guess we said that about Michael Keaton once upon a time, but and here he is now, you know, thirty years later with mm-hmm. the Flash and Supergirl, and um, it, and it's certainly for me again not having seen it is going to be a fun thing to see, mm-hmm. but um, but I I don't know that I see that 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 version of Batman interacting with Superman. Like he's, he's not believably going to fight doomsday. And that's, I mean, in that movie, very, you know, consciously set that up having the joke or the, the Riddler, sorry, Mm -hmm. being a, you know, a John Doe from seven type serial killer kind of thing. Um, It, it was a, I, I feel like the script that they wrote was probably more interesting than the movie that came about from it. And, it would have been very fun to see that movie as the Ben Affleck Batman and, or who, you know, whoever the, the next, you know, DC universe Batman will be. Yeah. Um, it would be fun. It would be very fun to, to have them. And maybe that's the, the counter programming that, that Marvel or the DC, you know, does to, to offset Marvel is go the opposite direction. And instead of having everybody in every movie, yeah. Have, having have like be, different, yeah avenues and different yeah. yeah yeah like legit solo movies where you know different things are are interlocked or mentioned you know i, yeah. I mean it was super novel in um uh, i was batman forever i think when mm. 
there was a little quip about this is why Superman. No, I think that was Batman Robin. There was, mm. there was, I don't know, there was a crack about Metropolis. Oh, it was Metropolis in Batman Forever mm. when uh, Val, Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne was like, oh, the circus must be halfway to Metropolis by now. Oh, like it, yeah. It was a cutesy in joke. And then, mm. you know, and then in, in Batman Robin, they're like, this is why Superman works alone. And it's like, yeah. Well, cutesy, kind of, but I mean, who's Superman? In this <laughs> right. And we never found out. So yeah. Uh, but I guess, I guess it was supposed to be Nicolas Cage, maybe. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> yeah. How terrible would I have been? <laughs> I I kind of like that as headcanon for that, honestly. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it fits for sure. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. But yeah. It, but yeah. But it's maybe that would be a good counter programming is solid, devoted um, individual movies where maybe they don't mention everything. Then they just every now and then have a justice league movie where it's necessary for them to get together Mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like there's an excuse as to why they're getting like, and that's, that's what the justice league and even Batman versus Superman felt like, uh, was a lot of like answering the question of how do we get them together instead of, instead of it being, it's necessary for them to come together in a storytelling from a storytelling standpoint. Right. Not like building toward it. Just like, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. I. I like the idea. I don't know how James Gunn's whole universe is gonna pan out because, like, the the movies that he's a, that he's announced or like mentioned as the starting point for it is it definitely seems like it's kind of just on on an on an unexpected wavelength. Um. And yeah. doing something different, which I respect and everything, but um, <laughs> but I also like the idea of him allowing you know, allowing Todd Phillips to rip off Martin Scorsese and his own little mm-hmm. universe, allowing Matt Reeves to rip off uh, David Fincher and his own little universe. Right, right. Like, that's fine. And I I love uh, the Batman, but, you know, um, uh, but it is pretty... Yeah. That, yeah. I will say that, the you know, just speaking of the Batman again, I think the criticisms were valid. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, like there were a couple of things where, uh, again, it was almost like Batman Forever, where in Batman Forever, they you know the I think the the detective thing mm-hmm. is a little more pronounced given the Riddler as a villain. Yeah, um, where it's necessary for Batman to be smart and not just you know kicking the hell out of everybody. But it's yeah, I I think in both of those movies the writing sort of I mean listen in the Schumacher Batman Forever it was like it, hardly the Riddler like yeah he was the, Gary jumping around and and you know making you know like making flapping noise flapping <laughs> motions with his arms and yeah. you know and saying stupid things yeah but they were know, selling the, toys was, yeah. yeah right and it's like okay i get it but <laughs> they weren't even very good toys i mean at least bring <laughs> have some good toys sure i remember those figures and they were pretty atrocious i actually still have one downstairs i wish it was in my office nice. so, I've got the, I said, I always tell people, I was like, this is my Val Kilmer Batman. It's like a, it's like a doll, like a stuffed doll with a rubber head. And I was like, (laughs) he's the fourth best Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I mean, I I mean, uh, I mean, Ben Affleck and Pattinson weren't even around at that time. Right. Right. You know, that that (laughs) can tell you where I was at at that point, but yeah, he may be further down the list, but sure. um, sure. (laughs) But the, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's it's it was still a little bit iffy. Though mm-hmm. some of the writing was a little suspect, given you know the yeah. the connections that was like yeah, like you know Evan was like that was one of his complaints. Like oh yes, like Batman was just the only one who knew Spanish, and it's like 
it's like, well, yeah, that seems kind of ridiculous. I mean, I don't know where Gotham City is at, but it seems like, sure. <laughs> you know, there there's a pretty solid Hispanic immigrant population, I think, mm-hmm. in most of the country. I think there's probably other people who would, would be able to speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah, as much as like, I mean, and that just seems no no offense to anyone who carries that criticism for that movie. It didn't yeah. bother me really at all. Like it's... Yeah. I, I like it even as like comic relief when when like uh when Penguin's like, Yeah, world's greatest detectives, you guys are. You can't even you don't even know what this means and everything. I'm right, like yeah. that's pretty freaking great, honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> In such yeah. a bleak and uh dark movie. Like that's that's yeah. that's good. The, um the the, yeah. the what bothered me more was the odd climax and the in an arena, basketball arena or whatever it was, you know, and yeah. it was just like after the Riddler had been caught, like, oh yes, it's an army of Riddlers. They're just it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I mean, like, that's kind of r- ripping off some of the the Nolan stuff from the the uh, the copycats yeah. from you know instead of Batman, it's the bad guys. It's like mm-hmm. eh, I don't know, but yeah, yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't great, but uh, you know, uh, it was. So I'll say it wasn't great. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't great. But also, I'm like, what are we gonna con- like? What is this gonna lead toward? Is it gonna lead toward? I mean, is James Gunn going to adopt Pattinson as Batman? If not, like, why am I watching this? Um, and that's kind of how I feel about the modern, the modern movie. Even, even for a while, the Venom movies, you know, the first one, I was just like, well, I mean, whatever, this is, oh, I mean, it's a terrible movie. It was enjoyable mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but it, it's like, I mean, you know, this is just that one of those movies where they're just like, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want. And then they <laughs> sure. do it. But I'm like, what's, I mean, why do I care about a Craven the Hunter movie, for example, that is supposed to be coming out if it's not, if there's not a whole lot of Spider-Man in it? If it, I'm not watching right. Craven's Last Hunt within the next five years, like, I'm going to be pretty pissed off. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Nice. So we, you guys better have something good in store or I'm not going to yeah. be happy. Those, those, yeah, we can go into a whole thing with that, but it's. <laughs> it's it's all we're, listen, we're getting towards spider man i'm, I'm leaving it there <laughs> exactly so yeah so to pivot um uh so to pivot from that yeah spider-man <laughs> like spider-man yeah, yeah, uh yeah there's a you lot of spider-man yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so we're gonna be reviewing spider-man across the spider-verse um uh-huh. <laughs> before we do that if you want to give uh your you know where you where your where you can be found online like social media and everything uh-huh. and where your work can be found and we'll circle back at the end of the episode to talk about that as well but um uh-huh. yeah yeah where can people find you online of course Oh Jesus! Let's see. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. How's that? <laughs> nice. I, I think I do this every time we do that. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm on Facebook more than anything because I'm old. Um, I think I think my Facebook address is Joe Shear One, um, and uh, you know, you know, like you said, you can find me on Letterboxd. You already you already did that one. Um, yeah, my my work you can find on Mid- at Midwest Film Journal as we discussed before. Um, some of my more recent stuff. Um, and then um, uh, medium cool uh, movie podcast. If mm-hmm. you want to check out um, what seems to be the archives at this point, um, <laughs> maybe maybe a retooled version of that's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, has we'll, there been you know, any movement with that? I yeah. no, I uh, no, and honestly, I haven't even talked to Austin for a while. And mm-hmm. 
um, you know, he, he wanted to, he, he, the driving force behind that. And I was just kind of helping him out. Sure. And I was like, yeah, you know, it gets me, it gets me out there and active and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it keeps me relevant in some sort of way that, that maybe I was relevant if I've ever been relevant in my life, which is, <laughs> uh, which is certainly arguable. Um, you know, it, it just kind of keeps me out there doing some things. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, out here just seeing things and, and talking about it and doing stuff, uh, uh, movie related and, uh, it, until some opportunity jumps up that makes, you know, that, you know, might make it a little bit more permanent. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sort of a free agent <laughs> in that way, <laughs> Nice, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but Midwest film journal is, is a great site. I certainly believe in it and believe in its mm-hmm. direction. And, and, you know, those are, uh, you know, some friends that I, you know, kind of helped get, uh, their feet wet in the, in the uh, uh, film criticism world, certainly mm-hmm. in in uh, the Indiana criticism scene, if there is such a thing, <laughs> yeah. um, and it was uh, they're they're producing some terrific stuff. Their their writing is outstanding, and um, their analysis is always insightful and great. Absolutely. Whether I agree with the actual takes or not, as you know, was not really relevant. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I don't always. But um, the I love to see the thought process, and uh, it it kind of inspired me to even adjust the way that I write to kind of match their style a bit. And um, I, I don't know that I doing it that successfully when I do it, but, <laughs> uh, but it, it is very fun and um, it's smart. It's as smart as any, uh, you know, as any writing you'll find in Indiana uh, writing for film. Certainly. Uh, I wholeheartedly I've... agree. <laughs> yeah. It's certainly that I've seen, uh, I, d- <laughs> I don't want to be insulting to anyone, but also you can't be insulted because, you know, these are some amazing outstanding writers who oh, yeah. um, have, have legitimate credentials. We aren't, we're not all just slubs who sit at home and, and go out to the movies and, you know, start banging on our keyboards until something, <laughs> you know, that's somewhat readable falls out of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're very talented. They're they're extraordinarily insightful and knowledgeable and seasoned. And you know, they're, uh, they, yeah, they're yeah. You you could certainly be no matter who you are, um, you could be uh, you you could not be really uh, uh, take offense to being compared with them because they're, oh, they're absolutely got. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, hell, I'd put them up against anybody. I'd put them up against the New York Times. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Take that, A.O. Scott. Hell yeah. I actually but. don't think so. I think he just did. Did he or someone else just transition over to books? I, I think it was him. I think, yeah, yeah. I think he, yeah, he moved away. I mean, listen, I don't read everybody all the time. No, yeah. Uh, these days, but um, yeah, I thought I'd read something about him retiring from mm-hmm. film criticism. And yeah, I don't know if he went somewhere else or if he just. Mm. Like you said, changed, switched floors at the New York Times building. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't read as much, uh, much work as I, as I would like to from, from, yeah. uh, my friends and everything. But mm-hmm. I will say that if you guys want to read some of Joe's recent work on Midwest Film Journal, he has written reviews for White Men Can't Jump, the remake. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still a Michael J. Fox movie um, Mm -hmm. uh, documentary. And Mafia Mama is another one recently. Um, So, yeah. How is (laughs) Mafia Mama? I may have asked you this last time you were on because I keep seeing the same damn, like, sponsored Uh post on Facebook. And I'm like, I don't care how... She pronounced Ganoche or whatever. Um, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, how? Yeah. <laughs> it, so I watched 
um, when I went to see Mafia Mama, there was a preview for No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer Lawrence movie mm-hmm. coming up. And after Mafia Mama was over, I felt about equally embarrassed for both of those two wonderful actors. You know, Jennifer Lawrence is tremendous, uh, one of my favorites, and Tony Collette is is a very good actor. Um, and she's done some. She's done certainly some great stuff for many years. Mafia Mama is not one of them. It's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's bad. Um, yeah, it, it's very bad. But um, I I don't know. I mean, there's it's any movie that comes out. It seems like there's somebody who likes it. And you know, if you saw Mafia Mama and you liked it, good for you. Um, I was I, I and I even. I even wanted to like it, you know, a little bit as I was going along. I was like, you know, this could be theoretically a good movie. As I was going along, I was like, it theoretically could be a good movie, but it's not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> sure. it, was, it instantly went to the bottom of my list um, for the year. Like it hit, it was at the bottom. It's since been Jeez. surpassed by, among others, White Men Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an absolute abomination. It is, <laughs> White Men Can't Jump is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, as I, I noted when I uh, uh, shared on social media that article, it, I'm particularly proud of that article, mm-hmm. of that review, um, as, a, as kind of a pan. Um, I, I feel like the, you know, I was, the writing was some of the better writing that I've done in, I don't know, the last couple of years, maybe nice. not the single best, but it's, it's among the, it's it probably top five mm-hmm. of, of anything I've written in the last two or three years. Um, and which isn't a, which isn't a huge sample as compared to, you know, years past, but whatever. Um, but yeah, Mafia Mama right now is occupying the second to last spot on my list. Um, it is just behind Cocaine Bear, um, just <laughs> yeah. ahead of, of the movie Clock, um, which was a, uh, oh, a Hulu movie. Hulu, yeah, which is which is a fantastic premise for a movie, mm-hmm. by the way. Fantastic premise that was just so poorly executed. Jeez, it went to the bottom. Um, and then White Men Can't Jump is just rock bottom, and that's damn so bad. So I mean the like I said the original was such a cultural touchstone, and it it was you know it it really made stars of of Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes for you know like with apologies to Cheers and New Jack City, mm. um, it really made them like stars on another level. Yeah, and and it you know it had things to say about culture, and you know there was you know the the way that you know, black and white men interact with each other. And of course at the time it was like, it was, it was sort of like a, a Larry Bird versus Michael Jordan sort of thing, you know, in a, in a way, you yeah. know, that was kind of the, they were sort of like street level avatars for, you know, for that kind of thing. Like, it's mm. like what's better. Is it, you know, like Larry Bird, who's like his hustle and his outside shooting and is it, or is it Michael Jordan and his athleticism, you know, and, you know, obviously the, the racial aspect of all that was, it was it was fun and compelling. And Jesus, the dialogue was so good in that movie. And in this movie, it's just like they were like, let's just rewrite this whole movie. And then Jesus. it's like, let's just like rewrite it all. It's like, okay, well, it's like, well, also like, 
you know, last year a, a white guy won the, the slam dunk contest in the NBA. So, I mean, I guess white men can jump. <laughs> so, like, this is not even really a discussion anymore. There's been plenty of white men in the slam dunk contest over mm-hmm. the years or recently. And it's like, okay, well, how do we, okay, so how do we, like, call this that movie? It's like, let's just have a joke about, like, how that's, like, outdated thinking mm. and stereotypes. And it's like, okay. And then it's just kind of like they get there and they're like, yeah, so white guys, like, know how to dunk. <laughs> how racist are you? <laughs> and they don't say anything. And it's like, now it just happens to be like this very uninteresting white guy and this very uninteresting black guy who <laughs> team up to play basketball. And, you know, it's like, we're, we're going to take like all this like really fun stuff that they did with Rosie Perez. And we're going to like make it as just as bland as we can. And um, the basketball action is not even going to be particularly good. Mm-hmm. And also it's like Jack Harlow for God's sake. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, why, why are we making this movie? And Jeez. it's just like, this is the Disney channel version of, of the original, <laughs> but then they're like, Oh, let's make it hardcore. It's uh, like, we're going to use the N word and we're going to like damn. have some F words even though it looks like a Disney channel show, <laughs> it, it's like it's going to be weird. And it's just, it's just weird and not fun. That's, or that's or just so, it's so frustrating when yeah. like a studio, like obviously like it's, it's, it's old hat at this part at this point to be like, Oh, you know, they're remaking everything. They're just, you know, they're just right. looking for IP, but like, it's so frustrating when it is when when the business side of that is so transparent and so like in your face because yeah. like I, I full disclosure I haven't seen the original White Men Can't uh-huh. Jump. Um yeah. I have seen Three Ninjas which is uh-huh. the 90s greatest <laughs> basketball scene <laughs> of all time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one i've been old i haven't seen white men can't jump but i have seen, seen three ninjas, three ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. okay where are we going with this <laughs> but um but no because three ninjas has one of the like most ridiculous basketball sequences uh, ever um yeah. it's hilarious and i do love that movie that's one of my like favorite movies of my childhood but well, anyway here, well here's the like the the most emblematic thing about the mm-hmm. remake versus the original. If you watch the original, there's a scene where, um, you know, the the idea of the original is that Woody Harrelson is a hustler, so mm-hmm. he goes and he dresses like like a stereotypical white dude. He wears his he has like this tie dye baseball cap. He wears backwards. He wears like he looks goofy. He looks nerdy, but he's a killer. Like he played in college and he was a good player, and. Like, he got a knee injury, so he couldn't, like, play in the NBA. And they kind of just, like, gloss over some of that. But he's, like, he's a killer. He's a good player. And so he goes, and all these black dudes who were playing on the courts in L.A. think that, like, like they see a white guy, and they're like, oh, he's got to suck. Like, white guys don't know how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. So he goes, and he, like, sits and waits and and gets in a game. And then, like, I don't, like, let something, like, lets him get by. And he's like, oh, how about we put some money on it? And then he ends up, like, taking these guys for a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So he hooks up with with Woody, with Wesley Snipes' character, and then they like play. They like pull this hustle on all of Wes on all of Wesley Snipes' friends. There's the one scene where um, they're playing against this one dude, and he's like, "So what happens is like 
uh, Wesley's character, Sidney Dean, goes and he'll start playing and like his team will be losing. And the more they're losing, the more he's talking trash. And he's like, you know what? I'll beat you and I'll let you pick my my uh, teammate. You know, they're playing two on two. He's like, I'll let I'll win with anybody out here as he's walking up and he's like sticks out. He's the nerdy guy. So there's a so he gets to this part and and Woody Harrelson's there and he's like, OK. And then, of course, when he's like. We're going to pick him. He's like, no, 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 no white boys. White boys don't count. And he's like, no, 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 that's your guy right there. So then, you know, they're the bet and the money. And and um, he's like, so the, the one guy is like, yeah, here's what I got. He's like, I got 300. He's like, no, we're the, the bet's 500. He's like, where'd you got? So he's like, hold on. So he like goes out to his car and he like grabs something out of the glove box and he runs around the corner and he puts on like a like a, a pantyhose he puts over his head and he's got a gun and he's like hmm. going to rob the corner liquor store or the convenience store so he goes in he's like give me your money and the guy behind <laughs> the counter is like he like he's like this older guy and he's like Raymond is that you <laughs> he's like no 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 I'm not Raymond and he's like take <laughs> off that damn hat that ridiculous thing and put down that damn gun you know so he's like That's doing all the and he's like Hey man, there's some weird people out here. You need a gun. How about you give me 200 for this gun? <laughs> so he, he sells him the gun he's trying to rob him with. That's fantastic. And so, yeah, and so the scene ends with him like he gets some money and like it's it's a hilarious scene. He goes out and then they end up um they end up like as they beat him, like he realizes that he's been had. So he's like, I'm gonna go to the glove box and get my other gun and I'm gonna shoot everybody. And it's this great scene, and like Wesley and Woody are like jumping a fence, and they like jump in their convertible, and they ride off, and it's like iconic. It's like great moment. In the remake, they do it, and it's just like this generic scene. It's like, oh, we're playing basketball. Oh, we beat this guy. Now he's pissed, and he's like, I'm going to get my flamethrower. And it's like, what? He's like, yeah. And he comes out, and he's got a flamethrower, and and the the two guys like jump over the fence, and they jump in their convertible, and they do this like really lame recreation of that that moment and it, it's just like my god the best you is like what are we gonna do how are we gonna up the ante instead of a gun he's got a flamethrower it's like who the hell in the inner city that, has a flamethrower like, yeah get a flamethrower like that's and, that's what's frustrating about it is that they'll see the ip they'll they'll they whoever is involved does right. not understand what makes the original work. And like, yeah. that's across the board. Like yeah. there. Uh, yeah. 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 So many remakes have done stuff like that, but this is so egregious that it's just, there's no, it, it almost is like the people who made this movie. I don't know. Maybe they saw some of the original. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had seen a movie before about basketball and they were like, this is kind of what makes a good movie. It'll be just like the original, but also it'll be completely different. And it's like, you can't do both. But Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway. But, yeah. but anyway. Spider but anyway, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and go into our review of Spider-Man across the universe or Sp across the Spider-Verse. Um, we are going to do a non-spoiler and then spoiler uh, discussion of it. So uh, if you want to avoid spoilers or anything, just check the timestamps in the show notes and everything. Um, but Joe, before we get into the actual review and everything, let's talk yeah. more about white men, can't you? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a plethora of Spider-Man IP in terms of movies yeah. and video games and everything, but mm -hmm. 
I, I'm, I, I don't want to get us down a road of talking about every single iteration of Spider-Man, but how did right. you feel about Spider-Man into the universe, into, geez, into the Spider-Verse? Into the Spider-Verse. Um, yeah. How did you feel about that? Yeah. And what were your expectations going into across the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me start just again, without talking about everything and saying mm-hmm. that Spider-Man has been my favorite superhero forever since i was a child he was nice i collected spider-man comic books as a kid starting in the mid 80s and early 80s um mid to late 80s um i love spider-man um spider-man is i i've told people that um there are two if if you ask the if you ask me at any point of my life um honestly um you can make anything in all of literature you can make into a movie. What are you choosing? I would say if I had two, I would pick the Spider-Man's Black Suit Saga and I would pick um, Craven's Last Hunt. Okay. Of, of all literature since the beginning of time. Wow. Um, and and that's just, let's just assume that every book ever made had never been made into a movie. Hmm. Those are the ones I would pick, those two. And I'm not talking comics, I'm talking anything. Wow. Wow. Um, that those are just the two things that I would want to see made into movies. I still haven't seen the Black Suit Saga told appropriately. Mm-hmm. I got a a facsimile of it that was, you know, mostly frustrating. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not talking about those specifically. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, having said that, I've loved most of the Spider-Man movies, even the ones that people call consider lesser ones. Um, but Into the Spider Verse was I was a little underwhelmed by it. I'll just I'll be completely honest. Um, it was it was fun. It was a good time, um, but I didn't get as excited about it as a lot of people. Um, I didn't I didn't love the animation style. Um, it was fun and it had some great things to it. I didn't like the kingpin, for example. I didn't like oh, that yeah. style of making him gigantic, and I I never thought of him that character as that powerful, mm. and it. And I, I've never really seen him as that powerful. I mean, even in the the different, you know, versions of of the character, um, he was, you know, certainly he could take on Daredevil in a fight, mm-hmm. um, and and he was not an unformidable foe physically. But um, I, I never thought of him as a as a threat physically to Spider Man. So that kind of took me aback. Um, I I enjoyed Miles Morales. I'm of course I've. You know, I've always been a Peter Parker guy, mm-hmm. uh, but also, you know, I'm like Miles Morales is cool. And, you know, Spider-Gwen is a, is a fun variation of, of the Gwen Stacy character uh, and, you know, and, and being Spider-Man. So going into this, I you know, I had heard a lot. I mean, of course, everyone raved about the first one. I saw it. I was like, well, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and then going into this one, I was still pretty interested in i i love spider ham so i love that he was included in the first one yeah i didn't care so much about like the noir spider-man that nicholas cage did i didn't care so much about some of the ones that you know that i knew a little less about some of those versions of the character interesting Um, okay but it's a fun but it was a fun you know it was a, a kind of a fun diversion i looked at it as um lesser than a little bit lesser than the the mcu version so um but you know i i get i still get very excited about you know i've gotten very excited about all three of the mcu version you know films and then of course the various other films mm-hmm. the character's been in um but it, you know i i was a little less hyped about into the spider verse 
but okay. you know, so, so yeah, so that, that, that can lead us into, into my thoughts on this one. What, what did sure. you think? Um, so with into the spider verse, I was like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't very, it wasn't really on my radar as hard as, as it was on other people's radars. I love mm-hmm. Spider-Man as a character. In fact, um, like I like I I'm not someone who grew up reading comics or anything, but I did watch like the '90s cartoon, yep. um, and it's interesting because like you talking about the black suit saga, that's the whole Venom storyline, right? That, um, that's the be- that's the best version of that outside of okay. the comics. That's the best version of that story. It it might be better than the comics version. Honestly. Oh wow, nice! But, I uh, yeah, it's funny because like I I remember, and this is a slight tangent, and then we'll get into the review. I promise, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, but I remember like if, if I could, if, okay, canon events in my life in terms of media, um, we have like me experiencing, like I was a huge fan of Power Rangers and the Green Ranger saga is like, was like, I, when I saw it, I was like, I didn't know you could do that. Like, oh, yeah. he's like a white ranger. He's, he's evil and he's going to become good and everything and all that. Um, yeah. And then, like, at some point in that area, I had another canon event where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Venom in Spider-Man. It's like, it's, it's like that just imprinted on me, like, interest in that type of storytelling where it's like these mm-hmm. superhero storylines and everything where they're equally matched and, and they're kind of opposite, opposite sides of each other, opposite, you know, mm-hmm. uh, morals and everything. It's just, it's really, I don't know. So anyway, I just had that thought. But anyway... Into the Spider Verse, I loved. Ended up loving it. Um, just the the heart that it had, and like rewatching it recently, how it boils down to like it doesn't matter who's wearing the mask, it doesn't matter who who Spider Man. It's just what you do. Like you're Spider Man. Like anyone can be Spider Man, and that is just such a a beautiful sentiment. And it has one of the best Stanley cameos because of that reason. Um, mm-hmm. it's like, it is, it is beautiful. And then yeah. across the spider verse, my anticipations for it were like, okay, I have no reason to think that they won't deliver on this. The only thing that I was a little bit nervous about is multiverse, uh, multi, faulty verse fatigue, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> multiverse fatigue, um, yes. which is present. It is a thing, mm-hmm. but um but yeah so i but i saw it today and uh i'm excited to talk about it um so just a background premise according to imdb is miles morales catapults across the multiverse where the where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence um and i'll just leave it at that directors are joaquin uh dos santos kemp powers and justin k thompson writers are phil lord christopher miller and dave callaham and the cast is shameek moore Haley steinfeld brian tyree henry luna lauren velez jake johnson oscar isaac and jason schwartzman so joe how did you feel about across the spider-verse in non-spoilers yeah yeah it it blew me away it absolutely blew me away um uh, you know, like I said, given my thoughts on the original, I was like, well, yeah, this looks like it's going to be fun. Um, it looks like it's going to uh, ramp things up. And man, did it. Uh, you know, the that that little teaser, the, the, I think the thing I liked the most about the first one was that teaser at the end mm-hmm. where they throw the Venom thing in. And it's like, oh, okay. So those 
those animation styles did mean something. Mm-hmm. And here they really they really doubled down on that in a in a great way. And and they even bring in different versions of the previous Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously this is the premise. I'm not, I don't know that I'm spoiling this, right. but there are multiple different versions of Spider-Man that let me just say that, that we've seen before. Yes. I'm not, I'm not necessarily specifically speaking of movies, mm-hmm. but other multimedia versions of Spider-Man that we know. And yeah. well, um, there are different versions of it. there. There are some that are new to us. There's the, the uh the the Indian version of Spider-Man was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. There you know there's a lot of uh, uh you know different versions of of Spider-Girl or Spider-Woman that were you know were interesting and fun. Um they do they play around with some of the comics lore mm-hmm. um especially some of the more contemporary stuff um which I you know I enjoyed. Um but that story listen th- this is the you know you talked about the multiverse fatigue mm-hmm. and it's so it would be so easy for people making this movie to say we're just going to rely on look here's a million different versions of spider-man here's you know uh, again he's i think he's in the trailer it's not a spoiler to say spider-man 2099 is, right. is a big part he you was know, even in the post-credit scene of into the Sp- spider-verse so yeah, yeah yeah and you know so you know so he i mean he's right here in the poster so um <laughs> author i plays him and like that's cool that, that's something uh I, I think there was a spider-man 2099 cartoon at, at one point on fox Nice. Uh, a br- I had a brief run, I think, mm. but there, and there are versions we've never seen, um, and there are versions that we have seen, um, and it's it was just so fun the way they integrated all that together, mm. and they and they really did pull this. You know, Sony has been looking for ways to to kind of latch on to the MCU, and they they you know kind of did some fun things here related to that. I guess about as as much as I can say. Yeah, but. Um, you know, obviously they did this with, you know, they crossed their own boundaries with, with Venom, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, it seemed sort of a cutesy move and, and they, they do a couple of, of things to that effect here. But the, the thing that blew me away the most wasn't all of the gimmicky stuff. It wasn't, as you said, you know, the fan service things, mm-hmm. it was, it was the heart and the, the emotion behind it. There, there were, t- listen, this is, this is a cartoon movie, a cartoon Spider-Man movie. And I was in tears a couple of times, you know? Nice. And it was legitimately, um, including the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of the movie, the opening scene of the movie mm-hmm. was really touching. And it, you know, and it revolved around Gwen, um, the the Spider-Gwen. I, I don't know what, she's called Spider-Gwen, I guess, here. Uh, she's called Ghost Spider in uh, the Spidey and His Amazing Friends series. Oh, that, okay. You know they make for kids. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if she if that's her official name or not. But she's here. She's called well. She's Haley Steinfeld's listed as Gwen Stacy, but yeah, um, she's. I, I think she's ref- is the owner, right? Yeah, I think she's in in like Miles Morales's dimension and everything. She's referred to as Spider Gwen, um, uh-huh. or just Gwen. But yeah. in her like universe, it's she's referred to as Spider Woman. Spider Woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which obviously there's a couple versions of Spider Woman also, yeah. and you know, and again, we see a couple of those here in very to varying degrees. Um, but, um, yeah, so she's a character that you know I don't have a whole lot of you know time and emotion invested into. Mm-hmm. I said that that cartoon series that I you know I watched with my girlfriend's kids a handful of times. Um, it, it's certainly like a preschool version of that you know of that character um 
so not somebody you really connect with. Even from the first one, I was just like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, but here they really like they they really ramp it up and they yeah. give her um, a big arc, and she's she's almost arguably the star of the movie. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I would call her the co lead with with Miles Morales. Um, and and maybe this is her story, maybe even more than it's Miles Morales' mm-hmm. story. Um, I mean, it's a good like 15, 20 minutes before Miles is even in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah. And most of the, you know, I mean, it, once once he comes in, he kind of takes over, but he mm-hmm. still is the the main thrust revolves around Gwen and the things yeah. that she's doing. And and I I really like that, to be honest. It, you know, we you know, we can talk about kind of more modern you know, we, you know, we talk about like, Oh, you know, Miles Morales is a minority Spider-Man and mm-hmm. when Stacey is, you know, a female Spider-Man and it's in, you know, and, and some of the more conservative of us might grouse and complain about that, mm-hmm. but it, <laughs> the, the characters were so compelling. Yeah. It, you know, that this is not, it's not your father's Spider-Man for sure. You know, the, right. the, the Peter Parker version uh, of this, the Peter Parker in, in this film is largely like, sort of buffoonish i mean he's mm-hmm. not the the prime 616 spider-man but he's right. you know peter b parker and he's sort yeah. of a clownish buffoon returning from the first movie um and i'm glad but, they didn't lean into that for this movie they give him we won't say what what his arc yeah. is but like he they give him a good like evolution of of his his role in the first one um yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and it's and, and it's sort of a natural transition and and it's he's still there without and he's kind of just the right amount of what he needs to be. Yeah, he, he almost was a little bit too much um, in the first one for me, but I think he's just like he's he knows his role in this movie. Yeah, and he doesn't try to do too. I mean, he plays a larger role more toward the end of the film as things mm-hmm. kind of let's say twist a little bit. Yeah, um, but it's it's still like the right amount of Peter B. Parker mm-hmm. um, with some very fun other like i said other cameos from other versions of peter parker other versions yeah. of, of other characters so um but yeah the so yeah it's that that emotion that they really captured that mm-hmm. is is really what's most remarkable is just that they they don't rely on the gimmick of of the the multiverse of spider-man totally they they have a role and again that's building off of a lot off of that that fox series in the 90s with madam webb and the different versions of the character they had there later on. Um, and it's, I mean, not the, I mean, Madam Webb, I don't think is even in this movie or she's, is she in this movie? I don't, I don't uh, remember if she is. I, I don't, she's not a big enough portion yeah. of the movie to be, she may know. have been a cameo that I may have missed, but yeah. 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 And, but it's, you know, but that, that idea of, of multiple Spider-Man and there's, and there's dozens to hundreds of them potentially mm-hmm. um, that we, see in you know bits and pieces or you know and more directly and overtly we see you know more of some of them but the the reason that there's a lot of them is really there's really a reason behind it it, it yeah. doesn't feel like look here's a spider-man oh look here's another spider-man and look oh look this here's a funny version of the same spider-man right <laughs> it, it, they there there's a reason for them there's a uh, like he the as we meet these spider-man in this in this context there's a reason why they exist and they're they're sort of like guardians of uh, in in a lot of ways co- comparable to Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're guardians in a way of of protecting space and time and and ensuring that certain events happen the way they're supposed to. And um, 
uh, again, I'm I'm trying to be as vague as I can be because <laughs> right. the, the the details of that uh, are very are very important to the story. Yeah, and also are sort of a uh, I don't know a fun nod to the multiple iterations of Spider-Man mm-hmm. over the last few years or so. Oh, absolutely, it's kind of a nice little nod to that. But, oh yeah, I feel yeah, like you and, can't really make like like it's what's interesting to me is that we we've already had like a multiverse spider-man with uh with the mcu but like even then like this is this is something different this is them charting like a different path in terms of exploring a multiverse and everything and it's 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 interesting it's interesting it's interesting yeah and i and i want to again i want to be careful to not spoil things but Mm. they let me just say they they managed to to tie in you know in in certain ways to that too yeah and and it's fascinating it and it even goes back it it builds on what spider-man no way home did mm-hmm. um and, and you know and i told my kids as i was coming out i watched this with my my kids and uh no i didn't i watched this with <laughs> my girlfriend's kids mm. my my kids did did went and saw it on their own i told mm. them i was like um it might be this might be better than Spider-Man No Way Home. And listen, Spider-Man No Way Home was my favorite movie of what was that last year? It's a uh, twenty twenty-one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was my favorite movie of that year. Nice. I put that number one, and I and all of my contemporaries, my snobby contemporaries, and <laughs> IFJA and other friends mm-hmm. who guffawed and you know <laughs> rolled their eyes at me, they can go suck it because I love that movie and I will always love that movie. Totally. Um, yeah, and I and I no apologies to anybody who's like, oh, lowbrow or you know, like go <laughs> screw yourself because that movie was awesome. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is right up there with it. And mm. it's not, it's not a retread. It, it's not, you know, it's not a just an animated version of it. It's, it's its own entity mm. that also has a healthy respect for what they started doing in that movie, and they built on it to make it even richer. This movie makes Spider-Man No Way Home a better movie mm-hmm. just by its existence because by the things that it does. Yeah. And and it it's just terrific. It's just a terrific movie. So it it is currently my number one movie also <laughs> this year. But <laughs> nice. listen, it's only June. There's a lot of time left. And Absolutely. you know, maybe something can overtake it. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's my first five star movie of the year. Nice. And, and I I have no qualms or you know, no shame in saying that. So mm-hmm. um yeah, so that's just kind of what I that's how I feel about it. It's, it's that good. So sweet. I think I'm gonna land on a four point five out of five uh-huh. stars, which is nothing to sneeze at, obviously. It's near perfect. No, not but, at all. Um I did have some issues with it here and there, but that's mostly yeah. mostly stuff that'll be made up uh-huh. like it'll be made up in, in the next one. Um yeah. and it's funny, like I, I did I really, really enjoyed this movie. I mm-hmm. there are things that it did that again uh, I'm now it's my turn to skirt around spoilers. Sure, um, yeah. But there are things that it did that called back to the first one, to into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And to almost to the point where there's certain elements of this movie that's kind of the inverse of that and the places that it goes with that like the I, like the the subtext of it is kind of remarkable and it's something that kind of knocked me on my ass and i'm just mm-hmm. like i like i i was so surprised in that like 
in in the kind of latter half of the movie with the direction that it went into and the kind of themes that it explored with that. And I, I was just kind of gobsmacked by it. I was absolutely mm-hmm. gobsmacked. So we'll talk more about that in spoilers. Yeah. But um, but in addition to that, I did feel like this and and. I I recorded a I recorded an immediate reaction for Patreon like on my way home from the theater, so I apologize for the uh, repetition of this. But um, there is a but to it. Like yeah. it, I I hate like I I I vehemently oppose this uh, type of criticism with this type of movie. Um, but this is the first two part movie where i felt like maybe it's it's a little too contingent on it having another part mm-hmm. um and what i mean by that is mostly just in terms of structure the the movie is 2 hours 16 minutes it it spends a considerable amount of time like maybe most of the runtime setting the stage for everything which is no easy feat it's no it's no it's it's needed because of what they're working with and everything but by that last like 45 30 minutes of the movie i i'm like thinking like okay what i'm a little discombobulated in terms of like where are we at in the story is this the climax of the story because if it is it's kind of weak if it isn't why do I feel like I'm ready for it to end? Like, yes. <laughs> so it's it's kind of a little bit disappointing to me that I'm just like I that I wasn't fully immersed in it. And and what's crazy about that is where it does go in those latter latter parts of the movie, I'm into on like the conceptual yeah. level, and I am all f- like I'm ready for the next movie. I'm ready for the next movie, but. Yeah. I just didn't like how in the moment I'm thinking and wondering like, okay, where are we at in the movie? Um, yeah. yeah. While also simultaneously being like, oh my God, they're doing this in this movie. This yeah. is interesting. Um, so it's, mm. it's all kind of a, it's a little up in the air, but that's like the only thing I can really point to that, that would be like a criticism. And it's, again, it's a criticism I hate. Like people saying like, oh, Dune was half a movie or, right you know, whatever I'm, or infinity wars, half a movie. It's like, no, no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But the, but is, yeah. And it, yeah. and then let me, yeah, let me, let me also agree with you mm. uh, because I do that last 20 minutes kind of drags in a way Yeah. because, because it through, because it's structure is different. There's not, there's not an actual like real climax or if they're, yeah. or if you want to call the, call the, that there is a climax there's just such a the 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 denouement the the like that falling action at the end yes so long and drawn out but it's also like setting up sort of a cliffhanger ending exactly like yeah, but, it, but it spends a lot of it's it's disconcerting because you're like you're expecting i mean listen we i mean we're how many spider-man movies in oh jesus yeah three six seven eight this is like 10 like God. spider-man quote-unquote solo movie mm-hmm. um we come to plus you know dozens of other superhero movies yeah. where we expect a certain thing to happen in a climax and yeah. it doesn't really happen that way in this movie it it's really just more of a like here's some exciting things that happen scattered throughout and then here's some really like brainy and heady kind of concepts that you have mm-hmm. to get and then 
Um, and then here's some more like here, we're going to explain what's really happening here. Yeah. And then now the movie's over the end to be right. continued for more, you know, and so you're kind of like, Oh wow. Really? Like, yeah, they didn't have a big action set piece at the end. Um, but it's also okay. That's, that's again, is a gutsy thing to do at the end of oh, Spider-Man. Absolutely. And not have a giant effects driven. I mean, it's animated, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but and, you know, it just didn't have that. It had this kind of like cerebral, set up for the next movie and and also this is not a movie for young kids um, no you know, yeah I, I took my girlfriend's my girlfriend and her kids we all went to see this um as i touched on earlier and she has uh, a, a seven-year-old and a four-year-old mm-hmm. and the four-year-old was pretty lost like he's mm. you know i've gone to a few movies with him and you know he's not the most patient you know, kid in the world as far sure. as sitting through an entire movie, which, you know, he's four. So what? Yeah. But, what but kids of that age are. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And by halfway through, he was like, not really caring about what mm. was happening. in the movie. Now, now her seven-year-old, you know, Sawyer, he was, he was into it and really liked it and, and sat through the whole thing. But, you know, a, a younger kid, if, you know, if you're a parent thinking about whether to take your young kid, if they're, if they're younger than say seven, you might wait until it's streaming or something yeah. because they, you know, they might get a little, especially with one this long. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe you're, um, you know, it'd be wise to say if you're not taking them to the live action versions, maybe don't take them to this one because this is not, this is not a, let's say, I mean, I don't want to say it's not kid friendly, but it's, right. it's, you know, the, the themes are, are a little more over or a little over their heads. It's not certainly not inappropriate for kids. Oh, but absolutely. It, it's just the themes are, are maybe a little over their heads. It's, it's, it's kind of complicated um, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with like, why are there a hundred Spider-Man in the scene? And right. And like, what is this Spider-Man? Like, is this a good Spider-Man? Is he not good? Um, like, why are these Spider-Men chasing each other? And what, you know, there, so there's a lot of that, but um, so, yeah, so can kind of take caution, taking your younger kids, your like younger yeah. kids to see it. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing I, I do want to bring up is mm-hmm. speaking of, of the, the villains, uh, bad guys is, is their choice of a main villain. Yeah. Certainly works in this context, but is, mm-hmm. um, uh, he was a character I wasn't even aware of until the nineties Spider-Man. Oh the yeah. Spot. Yeah. And, and he was such a, like such a minor character mm-hmm. and such a joke in this movie through much of the, you know, and, it, and he's this character that's, he feels very real as a villain mm-hmm. because he's this character who, you know, you know, like most of the Spider-Man, you know, villains, they're a science experiment gone wrong yeah. in some way, some scientific accident that led to superhuman powers. And this character in particular is very blundering and mm-hmm. inept in a lot of ways and kind of fits. He's sort of a stereotypical choice for Spider-Man to just to be able to handle right like yeah uh, you know if, if we want to go back i don't know to the amazing spider-man with the rhino character oh jesus how, yeah how, yeah well, how that's the was... thing also like i so that that was kind of a little bit i guess not confusing but that that was part of part of why i was a little bit troubled with the pacing because we have like this 15 or so minute like introductory scene with Gwen Stacy and then we get Miles Morales and then we get him with Spot yeah. and I'm like oh, okay they're reintroducing Miles and I'm just like are they doing another like you know just you know quick villain thing to reestablish Miles and then 
like I'm thinking like, okay, this is like, this is a big chunk of movie that is being introducing to these characters. And then from there it leaps off to like, oh, Spot is a major villain throughout the movie. That's not yeah. really a spoiler for for anything. But, I, and it just felt a little bit, like I said before, a little discombobulating that it was just, yeah. it just felt like I, they did the work in terms of building that character up. Like the, I have no qualms with that. Um, but it just felt a little bit front loaded with exposition. So I'm curious if, uh, the, you know, rewatching it will, will kind of make me, uh, mm-hmm. not, not be, you know, too hard on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. and, and he also, the character also sort of goes away after a while. Yeah. And and we don't really get we don't get that satisfying resolution to it. So right. uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if the people that you know your your listeners here how familiar they would be with his character, but he's a, mm-hmm. he essentially works with black holes. Like he was an accident made him. He's sort of a human black hole, and he creates these spots that turn into black holes that are then like wormholes in a sense. Where you know, so for example, he would create spot in front of spider-man and spider-man would like punch and his hand would go into that hole and then he'd create another hole by his face like dr yeah. strange where yeah. then spider-man like punches himself in the face because of you know the the bending of space and time mm-hmm. uh and so this is his his uh power and he of course at the beginning has no he has no real concept of how to use it um and so then he soon finds that you know there's through Spider-Man kind of defeating him, he is in a way like inside of himself, which yeah. is an odd thing to discuss in a child's movie. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, like the, the, uh, the dynamics of that and the potential, the, the potential, uh, uh, things you can discuss with that, um, can go very adult, but, um, it's, he ends up in this weird sort of paradox that allows him to then, become more powerful and learn about himself and how to, how, you know, and, and how to control his powers. And, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's, there's, there are some, you know, just like saying that it, it makes me realize some of the parallels between that and, you know, and miles and mm-hmm. the other char- versions of the character and, and learning how to use their powers. Um, but he, you know, but he slowly becomes more dangerous. And again, in a, a in an, an, in a way, a kind of unwitting way that he's, becoming more powerful and he doesn't realize kind of the consequences of this power. So uh, again, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. So that's the, that we, you know, circle back around to that theme with, with this character. So Mm -hmm. um, it it works as a comedy character that then later on works as kind of a more menacing real character, although he's sort of unwitting and he's, he's not, he's not an unlikable character, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, Jason Schwartzman voices him. Um, to to kind of fun effect, um, it's sort of an interesting thing. But mm. uh, yeah, but the character is you know gets more and more interesting as it goes along, and somehow they manage to build him, you know, in in some pretty interesting ways while they're building the Miguel O'Hare O'Hara character, the Spider Man twenty ninety nine, while mm. they're still building Gwen and Miles, yeah, and some of these other versions of you know even Peter B Parker and some of these other versions, they're building all of these characters. And and really like elevating the Spider-Man mythos as they go along. It's just interesting how they how they can like really make these characters larger than just these two dimensional things that they could have been. Like compare him to Sandman from Spider-Man Three, for oh, example. Yeah. Like, you know, or you know, even like the Lizard in the Amazing Spider-Man, or you know, some of these other characters. Like this character is certainly 
lesser on the in the Spider-Man's rogue the rogue gal- rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a lesser entry, but he's still pretty compelling <laughs> in the yeah. context of the story. So oh, absolutely. And, and and as we said, there's a large stretch of the movie toward the end where he just disappears and we don't see him. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's sort of a, yeah. It's to, it's to be continued while we do this entirely other arc that's just kind of <laughs> a tangent off of this other arc. So yep. Thus yeah, is so. multiverse storytelling, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, but let's let's kind of go shift over into spoilers. I'm going to play a clip from the trailer um, here in a second to kind of divvy us up to the spoiler section. Check the show notes and everything for timestamps if you don't want to be spoiled. But I will say that uh, there is not a post credit scene. There is not like an after credit scene. There is, I think, a mid credit. Mid credits. Yeah. yeah, there's a mid credits, but. Yeah, but nothing post credits. So just yeah. so you guys know, but um, but yeah, we're through all the credits. But also maybe do I give some respect yeah. to the people who you know made the movie? Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna play a clip from the trailer. When we come back, we're gonna be spoiling across the Spider Verse. And he never doubts that he is loved. And he never lets anyone. Tell him that he doesn't belong there. You gotta promise, Miles. I promise. Who do you think you are? Really? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. Okay, so spoilers on for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Joe, the first thing I want to bring up is the the thing that, like, I'm I'm gonna put on my uh, my my um, my bleeding heart liberal douchebag uh, hat and everything. But the thing that really just kind of just surprised me and and amazed me is how this movie is like I kind of hinted at before, it is sort of the themes it's playing with and everything kind of boil down to the inverse of the themes and, and, uh, and, and undercurrent the subtext of the first movie in that in the first movie, everyone can wear the mask. That's what that everyone can be Spider-Man. Like it doesn't matter here. What I found so compelling and fascinating is that what it boils down to when it gets to like Nuevo uh, York with all the spider people, what it comes down to is that Miles Morales is ostracized from the, from the spider community. And he, Mm -hmm. it is, it just feels so much like, like a a metaphor on you know racism and like very overtly so and it's just so so refreshing and interesting to me to see it play out in such a way because this is you know these are his contemporaries and the whole point of the movie is that he was never meant to be spider-man so he can't be spider-man because he's spider-man the universe that that spider came from doesn't have a Spider-Man. And these have such strong, like, applicable um, applications to our modern society, our, you know, culture and everything. And it's just so amazing to me that they went for that 
subtext, that theme, and yeah. they're unapologetic about it. They went for it. I just, I was just gobsmacked by that. Um, yeah. How'd you feel about that? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that was, that was really fascinating. It's really interesting. And, but, you know, to me, it, it plays into the essence of, of Spider-Man and that's the, the imperfection of heroism mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the inherent guilt of, of heroism also that, you know, and, and even, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm not covering the, the racial aspect of that. Although, you mm -hmm. know, to your point, that certainly is, is a part of it. That certainly is yeah. a major part of it that, you know, the, the, he's what he's half black, half Hispanic. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's, yeah, he, he's the not supposed to be here. Right. So yeah, there you can, you can not, you can very easily read into the, you know, that subtext of, uh, you know, a, a biracial kid and, you know, whether he's, you know, the, it, you know, I mean, geez, a generation or two ago, my mom's generation had a large number of the population that thought that biracial people were an abomination, mm -hmm. you know, like they were not of God. There are still people in the world in this country, in, in my city right now who think that, yep. and that's absolutely a, you know, a, a major part of this movie. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you can, you can argue that, you know, there are multiple Hispanic Spider-Men in this movie. Mm -hmm. There's an Indian Spider-Man. There are multiple female Spider-People, you know, Spider-Women, Spider-Girls. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think both of those terms are used in the movie. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's an Asian there's an Asian Spider-Girl, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, there's just any number of, you know, all races are represented, but it is still interesting that that version, this version of Spider-Man that gets that, you know, that, that kind of stigma. So mm -hmm. that, yeah. And I'm, and I'm certain that's done, um, intentionally, but yeah. also, and, and also is sort of a kind of quasi meta argument for people who were like, Spider-Man's not black, you know, yeah, it, you know, in that, in that version, this is just like the woke mob doing their Jesus. nonsense. You know? and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, and you know what, this is, and this movie is certainly a large screw you to them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, but, but uh, again, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, I'd, I'd like to make this, you know, like expand the argument into a larger context of mm -hmm. that Spider-Man, you know, as you said, there's that version that they're kind of adapting the, that Batman, that Batman theme of anybody can be like the mask is what's important, you know, yeah. like the, but, but also to this movie. Yeah. yeah. It's the symbol, but also like what's behind the symbol is also important because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the kind of the twist of this movie is that the spider verse, you know the the spider verse. What I don't remember what they call the the group uh, of Spider Men who are who are like protecting. So the the mm. I mean and the notion is here we go for spoiling it. The notion is that in across the the universe across or across the multiverse, the Spider Men have to ensure that certain events happen. That mm -hmm. Gwen Stacy dies. That Captain Stacy dies. And that Spider-Man experiences this loss. Uncle Ben dies, you know, in, in the different, like that Spider-Man has someone close to him die in, mm -hmm. you know, in a way that will inspire him, that him or her to become the spider person they were supposed to become. Yeah. And, and, and there's, and there's absolutely a, a, a poignance to that because that, you know, those are some of the stories that the comics version of, of Captain Stacy, you know, his death was such a, uh, and, and it was, you know, it was not captured quite as poignantly in the Amazing Spider-Man, but sure. it, it was still captured. It was captured in an effective way. Um, 
and also referenced directly in this movie. Yeah. Which, which made me absolutely geek out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, but seeing the comics version, there were comics panels from the original uh, uh, 1970s, I think uh, versions of, of that story where, um, you know, where Peter Parker had this, this great respect for his girlfriend's dad, mm-hmm. who was the police captain um, who, and, and it's like something that almost like brings me to tears thinking about that. Nice. The poignance of the story where, you know, Peter is Spider-Man. He's living this double life with, with Captain Stacy and, and, you know, dating his daughter and they're like, they have this whole thing. There's all these adventures. And then there's the, the day that he dies, he dies saving a child from Dr. Octopus. And as he's dying, he, he calls Spider-Man Peter as he's dying. Like, he's just like, mm-hmm. Peter, take care of Gwen. And it's not that that kind of nonsensical way that it happened in the Amazing Spider-Man. It was mm-hmm. so touching. Like, like I I think maybe I almost cried reading it as a kid. Like, That's... that was such a powerful story that he he knew, and like he knew who he was, and also he just didn't tell anybody because, mm-hmm. you know, like even as he's technically supposed to be looking for him, he's like, oh yeah, this is my daughter's boyfriend. Like mm-hmm. I figured this out, but I'm going to protect him because I also realize what he's doing, and. It was such a great story, and then and the guilt associated with when Gwen does die um, later, that it's like this promise that he broke, you know, mm-hmm. that he couldn't save her, and that's such an integral part of Spider-Man as a character is just this. God, that's awesome. It, you know, it's like I'm doing the wrong. I'm doing. Am I doing the right thing? Like, it, you know, is this whole thing like I'm trying to do the right thing, and every time I try to do the right thing, something really bad happens, mm-hmm. and you know, and th- there's just, just this sense of guilt. And, I, you know, I was saying while people were panning the Amazing Spider-Man movies, how mm-hmm. Spider-Man's central trait is guilt. And everybody was like, well, no, he's not as fun. And he's, you know, emo and blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> bullshit. Like, this is what a modern Spider-Man would be. Is mm-hmm. He would be uh, sort of, the, I mean, he's Andrew Garfield. He's like most handsome man in the world who's sure. an outsider. I mean, okay, you can right. find you can find some problem with that, but you know, like he was the most good looking loser in the world. But, right. But still like he, <laughs> he captured that, that kind of loner sensibility and in the guilt of not being able to do enough or that yeah. his personal life is being ruined while he's like being a hero and it's not glamorous. And and that's kind of what this movie ends up getting toward is that Miles Morales is, you know, like he loves being Spider-Man in mm-hmm. some ways. And it's, you know, and it's great. And all these people are, oh, yes. Like, this is like what every kid wants. Like, I'm going to be Spider-Man. Yeah. And and then you find out when you are Spider-Man, it pretty much sucks, you know, right. on every level. <laughs> and, you know, and here, Miles, you know, the, the Miles version, uh, you know, of course, loses his uncle. And then mm-hmm. the, the big twist, of course, is like that his father is the one who's got to die now. Yeah. And, and like, not only can he not save him, he can't be allowed to even try to save right. him. Right. And, you know, and to the, to the detriment of the entire universe. And so again, just goes right to the essence of Spider-Man as a character. Yep. And, and it just like, I, it hit me just perfectly mm-hmm. uh, right in the right spot. And, and again, for anybody who wants to cry about the woke Spider-Man, the oh, black Jesus. Spider-Man and the girls, it's like, go screw yourself. Because yeah. You don't obviously understand the character. Right. <laughs> go like your help. Go, go find out what the character's yeah, about. Yeah. Here's, here's a little experiment. Um, just for a second, can you can you hear anything right now? No. No. That is the sound 
of those people's opinions not fucking mattering. <laughs> like, yes, it is. <laughs> if your takeaway from this movie is that it's woke because the central characters are people that aren't you, that aren't f- like right. like us, mm-hmm. then. Right. You have like there's like your opinion just literally does not matter. Like you right. I you don't have a place in like a like in in a critical circle of this movie in a conversation about it. Right. Like I it's 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 mind numbing. Like that's that's where I'm at with yeah. uh-huh. ever the world right now. <laughs> like if yeah. if your default is to throw this like amorphous magic word that that the that republicans have uh co-opted uh to disguise their racism and bigotry saying something's woke uh if that is your reaction like that is ins- that is a four letter word that will make that will clue me in to the fact that you are a fucking moron and <laughs> not worthy of giving my attention to yes, um, I, yeah. yes I agree yeah, yeah. And, and you know what you guys <laughs> don't go see Let's do your boycott of this movie. Yes. Go ahead and boycott this movie. Don't go see yes. it. We don't want you to see it. We don't even want we don't want your ten dollars. I mean, Sony would disagree. Right. With me. It's not I mean, I don't see any of that ten dollars so. <laughs> yeah. you know, Sony would disagree, but yeah. I don't even want you to spend your money on it. Exactly. And but I will say also, I am a shameless self promoter, so go to patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. <laughs> If you're a Republican, please give Matt Hurt some money. Yes, I'm going to start. I've I've joked about this before, but I'm going to start a special $35 tier. $35 a month gets you all the like unwoke stuff that obsessive viewer does. So please give me $35 a month for your, you know, insecurities and ego. Um. Anyway, so. So yeah. So so yeah. So, yeah, so that yeah. That's the, that's the great thing about this movie, and then. Mm. Uh, you know, and then you know you go into again the the versions of Spider Man. We see Tobey Maguire. We see Andrew Garfield. Yes, we, I mean they're not. These are not. A, these are not new scenes. These are right. you know clips from the previous movies. Yeah. We, the spectacular Spider Man from mm. the I don't know the two thousand the twenty tens. I think. Um, do we see the nineties Spider Man? Probably. Um, there's probably he's probably in there yeah. somewhere. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go see this again Friday. Nice. Um, and and I'm gonna um, be looking for yeah. it. But we also see the PlayStation Spider Man from Insomniac yeah. Games, and I'm like, uh-huh. that is one of my go to open world games. Just swinging around New York while I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast. Like that is what like that and GTA are the two like video games I play. Um, yeah. And I was just like, that is just so that's. That's a nice thing. And then we also get the the Donald Glover cameo uh yes. as the prowler and like I again to get to get into the whole uh the history of it and everything the the significance of that like that lingering look at Miles when he stares at Miles is like so interesting cuz like, correct me if I'm wrong because I I I haven't done my due diligence but my understanding is that Donald Glover campaigning to be Spider-Man in a live action movie. Yes. Playing, in... the, playing the Miles Morales character once upon a time. Okay. Yes. So yeah. was that directly or like, did that result in Miles Morales existing? Like, did they make Miles Morales because of that? Or was there any overlap there? Cause I know that Miles Morales was like invented in like 2012. Yeah. Introduced. I, I don't, I don't I don't know that Donald Glover had a hand in his creation, okay. but I remember at some point they discussed making 
um, a, a movie, a live action movie that yeah. Miles Morales would be in, and Donald Glover was going to be mm-hmm. the choice. This was like in the community days, yeah. You know, um, so when he was younger, I mean, obviously now he's you know he's a little bit older, yeah. And I don't know if that version of Miles Morales exists. I mean, I I don't mm-hmm. read the comics in a modern sense, so mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. But you know, but yeah, but then he, you know, he, you know, came from this is that's also a direct connection to the MCU because he was in, yeah. Played that character in in Spider Man Homecoming. Yep. You know, with the and just a great little like almost a throwaway where, you, you know, he he has a there's a reference to his nephew. Yep. You know, and then he's like, you know, when Spider Man comes, he's like, oh yeah, he was the one that's trying he was trying to buy a gun from the mm-hmm. the Shocker characters, and and they're like, look at all this tech from you know the Chitari, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, I just wanted like a couple of handguns. I'm gonna like, yeah. knock over some stores, and <laughs> he it was like, no, you want like look at all this cool stuff, and he's like, no, I don't. Want <laughs> And of course, Spider-Man is just the great thing where he like he he webs his hand to the car his car yes. trunk. He's like, "Come on, man! There's ice cream in here. Yeah, you're still a criminal." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was so uh, yeah. And I I I made my my girlfriend who is not much of a Marvel fan. Sure. Um, it, it, you know she's she's a Batman person, nice. um, but she's a little less of a of a Marvel fan and. I like made her look at me because I was like, "Oh wow!" Like as soon as he came on <laughs> camera, I was like, "Yes, so and, awesome." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, you, you, "She's like, well, yeah, I know who that is." And I was like, "No, no, <laughs> like you know who the actor is, but you don't know like." I was like, "So I had to explain it to her." She's like, "Yeah, I, okay, I don't care that much." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was that was so great. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So I I just I loved that cameo. Uh, again, is is a more direct thing. Also, you know, you left out Lego Spider Man. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Which is, that was great. It's it's so hilarious the things that they mm. the things they did. I'm kind of looking to see if there's like a voice from yeah because it was. Um, I'm trying to remember Christopher Daniel Barnes was the '90s Spider Man. I'm oh, certain yeah. that that Spider Man wouldn't. Um, he didn't that the 90s spider-man was not there like didn't have a speaking line i'm certain mm. because i certainly would have remembered that but yeah um he may have been his name is not in there so yeah. um they they could have snuck something in but but maybe hey maybe the maybe in this third one he'll maybe be there, so. what I, yeah. something else i love is uh jk simmons j jonah jameson yes. just like if I remember correctly, like across the multiverse, like, yeah, yeah, just it's it's a delight. Like I, I, yeah, I love that. That was I love wonderful. That. Yeah, and and I don't know. Did he have a um? Did he have original lines or were those just? Oh, like, that's a good the, question. Because I know that it was the, the MCU version, mm-hmm. and I think that there was the Raimi version. Yeah, also. the the Lego iteration had the Raimi, like that was yes. straight from Raimi. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good point, but yeah. still, I just, I, I love it. I, yeah, I love it yeah, so much. It's just, it's just such a great, like folding in on itself. Mm-hmm. And it's it just like makes this little origami of Spider-Man. Yeah. It's just so it was, it was perfect. It, and it, it, again, it's, it's just the trickery involved, you know, of course the, the hurdles with the rights, obviously they're working together in a way, but right. I mean, but remember not that long ago when Tom Holland was going to have to stop being Spider-Man because Sony yeah. was pulling the plug. And, you know, and just now they're, you know, they've not, they've got their act together mm-hmm. enough, not just enough to make this movie, but to make this movie fully integrate the other, all of the yeah. other stuff, including the MCU and including mm-hmm. the Venom movie, the, the little Venom bit in the convenience store. 
You know, yes, yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, that that was just so like yeah, that was that was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah, just a, there's just a mil- this is going to be one of those movies that we can watch for years to come and mm-hmm. you know like maybe 10 years from now we watch this movie and hadn't watched it for a while and go, "Oh my god, look <laughs> right. at that. There's another one." So much so much there. Um yeah. In terms of the kind of finale of the movie, there it's kind of broken up into two parts. That that whole like sky elevator thing to the moon, like that, just the the principle of that, the the concept of that. I I love that in terms of science fiction. I think that that's yeah. just I I love it so much. But um, and it's appeared everywhere. But uh, the utilization of that was really fun. Um, yeah. when he when he says, um to spider-man 2099 when he or to miguel when he says like i'm miles morales and like he does that whole thing i thought he was going to do a whole thing like the jumping off and Uh like going backwards like he did in the first movie but um but yeah but that that whole sequence was like that was where i was just like oh my god like all like bombarding him with all of this like you're not supposed to be spider-man thing mm-hmm. and like you're you're uh, an anomaly you're the first anomaly this is why you're not part of the group like like all of that is just yeah. it was just just speaking to me it was just it was a yeah. freaking amazing but yeah 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 and, and and again that that was you know my again my perspective uh, again was as a kid was seeing spider-man interact with captain america and mm-hmm. with the X-Men and the, you know, the rest of the Avengers on occasion that, you know, he's involved in the Hulk a little bit, but he always felt like he was just not quite part of the group, the fantastic four, mm-hmm. you know, that there were other things, you know, there, the, the, uh, that, that black suit story uh, that we talked about earlier ended with, um, with Spider-Man in a fantastic four costume with a bag over his head to protect his identity, hmm. you know? So like, like that kind of stuff that the, the bag head Spider-Man is, and, and by the way, you can buy a Funko Pop of the Baghead Spider-Man. I <laughs> nice. got one. I bought one for my son, uh, my older son. And it's you know like that that kind of again speaks to the kind of the outsiderness that Spider-Man is that kind of gives him a little bit of a you know. And I know and uh, you know obviously I know that again the more contemporary Spider-Man has been part of the Avengers in different at different yeah. times. But that, that's again <laughs> to me is the I just that, even here even this where even among Spider-Men, among hundreds and thousands of Spider-Men, Spider-Man as a single entity is still sort of an outsider in his own, like among his own, like no one could be more of his kind than these people. Yeah. And still the individual Spider-Man is just, just off, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and he wants to be a part of it too. Yeah. yeah. That's always the thing. Like, you know, the, the Spider-Man that I knew as a kid wanted to be part of something more and that way, the the fact that he couldn't, you know, he wants to have a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. He wants to have a normal family. He wants to just be a part of, you know, he wants to be a part of society in ways. Yeah. And, and he just never can because he's extraordinary. He can't be, you know, he can't be normal because, not because he's less than, but because he's more than. Mm-hmm. And my God, how does that speak to, to nerds and oh you my know, God, social yeah. outcasts, you know, forever and ever that, you know, you, yes, sure. The reason that you can't conform to everyone else is because you're better, not because you're less than. Mm-hmm. And that's, man, that's such a, you know, like that, that's like why, like why I live, like how I live, you yeah. know, like, like a, a guiding principle of life right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So just, just, just the way that they incorporated that is 
was just incredible. Absolutely. Another pun, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and just just like the reference to the Avengers that you just made, like just uh-huh. r- reminds me of No Way Home. Yeah. Like the Avengers, what's that? Are you in a band? Yeah. <laughs> just like that's yeah. so great. Like you don't have those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah, but then then kind of to, to get to the end of the movie, um, we get we get this by my by my in my opinion absolutely incredible twist like the realization that he is not only the realization that he's not in his universe um but the tight writing of why he's not in his universe like it it's mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense um also yeah. the fact that the realization comes after he is he has bared his soul he has been the most vulnerable he can be to his mother and revealed himself yeah. to her mm-hmm. just to have that rug pulled out from under him is, was, yeah. was, was incredible. Was my, like yeah. my, my qualms with the movie's pacing and the fact that I like felt like that, uh, like leading up to that and it, basically using, um, instead of like a conventional comic book movie, like big spectacle finale, like having the big spectacle finale and then a denouement that's setting up the the next one those qualms aside i thought that just uh, in terms of structure and the realization the revel uh, the reveal of that was outstanding i i yeah. loved it how did you feel about uh, yeah it? i agree i i wasn't particularly surprised by the mm. revelation like it it kind of became obvious, you know, to me. I was like, oh yes, and you know, by the way, like he's going to be the prowler, you know. Nice. It's oh like, wow, like, I, that yeah. didn't even register with me. Yeah. Like none yeah, of that. It, I yeah. Yeah, nice. I, I I was just sitting there and I was just like, this is just too much. And it's like like where we're at. And the, I mean, it was. I mean, listen, like it was a logic, you mm-hmm. know, thing. To me. Like I was just like, we're just going. Like this is going long. Like why are we still <laughs> here? We're not doing anything. Like okay, so he's in the wrong place. And then, like, okay, so here's the, the prowler. Okay, this is obviously going to be him. Like, this is going to be the big thing because it's like, it's the most shocking thing. Like, it makes sense. So, mm-hmm. and then it happened. I was like, yes, okay, cool. Like, I wasn't surprised by it, but I was like, yes, cool, okay. Now let's get to the <laughs> end. Let's get to the the next part. And you know, I I was I was oddly ready for it to be over. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I was like cheering the end. As weird as this sounds for a movie I gave five stars, like I was mm-hmm. cheering the end because it was over, because now I know we're gonna get to like something that is, I I don't know if it could be like better. Maybe this will be like the Empire Strikes Back of of the series where it's mm-hmm. just you know it's the pinnacle of it, and then the third one is hopefully very good, but maybe not sure. quite as good as this one. But but also like it's gonna have it's gonna have to have like unparalleled action yeah and you know and you know the emotion of it's going to have to be super ramped up mm-hmm. and that probably means big tragic things that you know we, we won't like but yeah also you know we'll love and you know, oh and absolutely love those kind of things. yeah oh so, <laughs> so, yeah so yeah, yeah. so I, I was i was cheering it being over because i wanted it to end but also not in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes no sense. But, yeah. it makes, but in my <laughs> head, it makes perfect sense because I was like, I was both wanting, I was both glad it was over and I really wanted more of it um, because it's, 
you know, I, I'm like, okay, this next movie is going to be a buffer. So yeah, uh, it's going to, you know, the, the time that passes, it's going to really build anticipation. And, mm-hmm. and, and like I said, I'm, I'm ready to go see this again. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, kind of look for those things that I didn't see the first time. Yeah. Uh, because, because there's certain, there's certainly going to be some because. Oh yeah. Just, Every frame of this movie has so much crammed into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. We can kind of start winding down. Um, so kind of overall thoughts, we, we've kind of talked, talked it all out and everything. You rated it five stars. Um, the next movie, Beyond the Spider-Verse, is going to be out next March. Um, yep. So very excited for that. Um, yep. Where, to kind, of, to kind of wind down the review, where would you rank it in mm-hmm. terms of, spider-man feature films <laughs> yeah 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 well you know i and, and i i kind of touched on this but I, I think spider-man no way home is the best of of all of them and mm-hmm. and i'm i mean and i'm you know just for it does not that it matters that much but you know i'm i'm considering this a spider-man quote-unquote solo film so mm-hmm. um you know the the three mcu movies the two uh uh, Mark Webb, you know, Andrew Garfield movies, and then the three Raimi movies. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would put this with Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, it's nice. it's alongside it. I, I'll probably want to watch it another time or two. And oh, then obviously, I, and I'm leaving out the first, the Into the Spider-Verse also. I didn't mm-hmm. mention that, but yes. Let's, we'll, you know, throw them in that bucket. And, um, you know, obviously not counting, like, Captain America Civil War and, you, right. know, the, you know, the Avengers movies that he's in and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it's it's right up there with with that one. After a single viewing, I'll I'll need to watch it again before I can give a definitive yeah. answer to that. And like I said, I'll be seeing it in two days as we're recording this. Nice. Um. So I and I'm I'm excited to see it. I don't know if I'm going to watch this one the way I watched because I, I I watched the Spider Man movies to death. I've yeah. seen. Uh, I think. Um, Probably the Garfield ones are the ones I've seen the least, mm-hmm. but uh, I, you know, I'm a fan. I, I always say, you know, people always try to do the, oh, well, you know, somebody's the best Peter Parker and Andrew Garfield's the best Spider-Man. I'm like, I'm of the opinion, honestly, that Andrew Garfield <laughs> is the best Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Interesting. And, that, and that's even given the... Uh, that's even saying that he's an imperfect character, you mm-hmm. know, the, the skateboarding and the couple of the stupid, <laughs> like the basketball scene and the stupid, like scene on the football field where he bends the goal. Po- like those are idiotic. I scenes. forgot about those. I need yeah. to revisit those. I Like that's the thing that kind of comes like with into the spider verse and now at, across the spider verse. Like I want to watch all of them now, like yeah. all of the individual ones, like, yeah, but anyway, anyway, yeah, can, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but there, you know, there there are idiotic movie or idiotic moments in those movies that still kind of capture Spider Man in the in the way that I've always wanted it to. Yeah. Um. So I I can overlook some of those things. I mean, I don't think the lizard character was done appropriately. Um. I certainly don't think that the Topher Grace Venom was appropriate mm. uh, for the character. Um, I don't think, although I, I do appreciate what Sam Raimi was trying to do was also a, just a giant mess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I, I never thought Tobey Maguire was perfect as Spider-Man, but again, once we got to No Way Home, he, like he, it was, I always say Spider-Man three retroactively ruined the first two Raimi movies mm. for me. Um, 
but then no way home kind of fixes it it kind yeah. of brings back that nostalgia he toby mcguire is really damn good at being like oh shucks remember me don't you like me and i was like yes i do yes i do very <laughs> <Yeah>. much <laughs> you know so the, the their interactions together um it, it was weird how much their interactions together amplified those those films like in my memory of them mm -hmm. even though you know the ones that some people don't like so much you know they reference them and it's like oh yes i do remember that <laughs> yeah and and it it both kind of accented those characters and gave you an appreciation for what they brought mm -hmm. without having to compare them and going oh well like this one's better than that one and that's like no like they're all they're all equally good in different ways and and in this movie then you know, doesn't this movie doesn't do that because there's just dozens and most of them we don't get to know with any right. You know, but but you know, but Miles and Gwen um kind of I mean not quite stand up to those three at this point, the Tom Holland, Garfield and and Maguire, but they're by the end of the next movie they might, you know, like yeah. either one of them might. And and it, it certainly does it's like, man, how does it how do they manage? And and this is my question: Is what if they bring one or more of those characters into that next movie um, in a mm. real way? I mean, the way they did it here, you see them, yeah. A, and there's a great line uh, that Miguel says about like, "Don't get me started with that nerd that you know, <laughs> yeah. like that nerd Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange or whatever yeah. it is." Yeah. I was like, "That's so cool! That's such a that great was so great." Callback. I. I loved that. Yeah, and, and they and they also, I guess the um I read an article about it um where they said that they did not, Lord and Miller did not like get Kevin Feige's blessing before oh, they did wow. that. And they were like, I mean, he was just like, we were kind of just told to do whatever we want. So we did it. Nice. And you know, we were like, we didn't think he would mind. And and I guess like, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, that's like super cool. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was that's just like awesome. great. It's so great. Like that just Little little smart lines like that, mm. that you know, and I get like in a modern context that a lot of us as movie viewers are attuned to that more than, you know, in the past that would have been such like a a little cult moment that only a few people would have gotten. Yeah, and and I I appreciate now that it's you know it, it's it, it's sort of a warm fuzzy kind of moment because it it, it kind of unites us all as as cinema. Uh, appreciates the cinema i don't know cinephiles <laughs> the lovers yeah. of cinema um it kind of oh, unites yeah. us all and it's it's such a it's a much larger community than it used to be which again oh, yeah. uh, again uh another way that into the spider-verse you know uh, uh, wraps around us it's a yeah. uh, you know that while while the community itself is larger it's also still a small community and and we're all we're all kind of in it together even when we're like arguing and fighting and you know, <laughs> yep. being uh, low key racist, even <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, to, to circle back to that, yeah. uh, you know, that element too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well said. Um, for me, I would probably rank this. Uh, I mean, I have such a soft spot for the second Raimi movie. That was like, uh -huh. That, yeah. I mean, that goes back to, like, I was in high school, I was working at the movie theater, I would, mm -hmm. like, I, I got to see it uh, the night before, and it was just, I think, um, yeah. no, 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 I didn't, no, I didn't, because uh, the first weekend I worked at the movie theater uh, was the weekend of Spider-Man 2, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it was yes. a madhouse, but anyway, um, uh. 
yeah, I I love Spider-Man 2. Um I would probably rank this I I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um it's, it's hard to do when you've seen it once and when it's yeah, fresh because yeah. Uh, you know, I remember being a kid and it was like every movie I saw was my favorite movie of oh, all time. Yeah. Like, that was such an awesome movie. Yep. And then you watch it later and you're like, yeah, no, not really. But then you're like, yeah. you know, three ninjas that basketball scene like maybe (laughs) 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 Uh, like it didn't have the basketball scene that the the basketball scene in the amazing spider-man wasn't as good as the basketball scene in three ninjas right (laughs) jesus it's funny you mentioned spider-man too because Mm. mine my uh my story for that movie is that the weekend that it opened I got asked to do a story about Indianapolis's drive or Indiana's drive-in, Central Indiana's oh, drive-in. Oh, nice! And so I traveled to the Tibbs drive-in. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I assume most of your people live in the Indianapolis area, but there yeah. were there were five. <laughs> this was two thousand. This would when did that come out? Two thousand four, I think. Right? Two thousand four. Yep. And so this would have been uh, the Tibbs drive-in, the Claremont drive-in, the Skyline drive-in mm. in in Shelbyville, um, and then there was another one like. I can't remember where it's at. It was kind of on the way to like Columbus or something. Maybe it was in Columbus. Mm. Um, But there were five in the area at the time. And so I had to go in the space of a week to all of those drive-ins. And every one of those drive-ins was playing Spider-Man 2, (laughs) which I had, by the way, just watched and reviewed the the week before. So I already knew that I loved it. It was already like, you know, again, at the time for someone who'd been waiting a solid, you know, 20 years for a spider-man movie mm-hmm. um, it it was like it, it was such an improvement over the first one you know the the first one and the first one was good I, mm-hmm. I liked the first one a lot it was again it was sort of flawed but um but i and i still loved it you know but that one really got so much right about spider-man and about the nature of spider-man and you know that it really you know the effects you know had caught up at that point and it was just such a good movie. And I watched, you know, I so I got to watch it like four times in, in a week. And, and nice. I, it was, to the extent that I ended up leaving one of them early wow. because I was like, listen, like you've already watched it four times now. <laughs> like watch it, see what the screen, like rate the quality of the screen, like give mm. it enough time and then get out of here and get home. You yeah. know, because it's like you got a long drive. And that, yeah. was, and that was both like, <laughs> The I guess in a way it was sort of like the death of the child version of myself that mm-hmm. would want to watch that, but also like the you know the birth of a, a a new version of me that was you know maybe a little more critical. Not mm-hmm. that I was criticizing the movie, but sure, um, you know I was I was I had a job to do. I was being an, I was being a grown up while <laughs> yeah. I was watching movies. So um, nice. that also was still was one of my favorite stories that I ever wrote. Ranking these drive-ins and that's awesome. I took pictures and like had to approach like strangers like, hey, can I take pi- hey teenage girls, can I take some oh, pictures God. with you? Like you know Jeez. like that was a thing that I did. Listen, I've uh, that's been a part of my adult life is is taking photos of like asking children if I can take photos of them in a as a non creepy a way as I possibly can. I'm like, listen, I promise, like I'm not some creep. I'm <laughs> doing this for a job. I'm a I'm a journalist. Damn it, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I and I still have that. That was my very first cover story. Oh, that's of, awesome. Yeah, of however many I've had, not all that many, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Six or seven or something. Nice. It was for the Indianapolis Stars. You know, uh, at the time, they're quote unquote alt weekly that they mm-hmm. they you know launched to 
try to run Nuvo out of business, Nuvo News Weekly, right? Um, way back in the day, but um, yeah, but it was awesome. I still have it in my scrapbook. I think I had an actual like full copy of it at one point, but very cool. Um, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun to. It was a lot of fun doing that story, and, um, <laughs> and obviously, this you know, Spider Man Two was such a part of that that it was you know, and obviously like. The things that has such a childhood mystique of drive-ins that it was. Oh yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I feel like Tibbs is the only one that still exists in the area. Yeah, well, uh, um, the Skyline Drive-in in uh, uh, Shelbyville is still there, right? Um, I think I'd I'd have to sh- I'd have to go back through the list, but there mm-hmm. was uh, the Skyview Drive-in in Newcastle. I think was one of them. Also, okay, I don't know if that one's still around or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it did close. Um, but again, this was 2004. This was years and years ago. Yeah, uh, boy, think about that. How how that was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Seriously, it's years yeah. Um, and it you know so there you know there was that many yeah. And but you're right. Like uh, I I believe the Claremont Drive-in is gone. Mm-hmm. The one a uh, Centerbrook Drive-in, I think, is what it was mm-hmm. called. It was on State Road 67. Like I said, I think like heading down to Columbus, maybe near Columbus, Indiana, and um, it it's gone too. Um, but um, but sky the skyline drive in in uh, in Shelbyville is very like their their lot is all grass. It's not gravel or oh, anything. Oh wow! And they have like these little humps that you drive on to tilt your car up a little bit, so you have a more direct view of the screen. That's awesome. It's very cool. Yeah, it's nice. very very cool. Um, and there, you know, and it was funny because it was like at least you know for, at the time it was like well. Like their concessions were a little less. Like the Tibbs drive-in has very good concessions. Yeah. Oh yeah. In um, reasonably, pri- listen, guys, go to the drive-in sometime. <laughs> yeah. If you've not been for a long time. It's still a very viable form of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's a good value to get to see two first-run movies. And if you go to Tibbs, like you know, pro tip for going to Tibbs is if you if you want to if you've seen one of the two movies, there are four screens, and you can access most of those screens. Um, from whichever screen you're actually facing, you just turn your yeah. car around between movies oh, yeah. and change the radio station to the to the proper channel, and you can watch. You know, if you're watching one on screen one, and then screen three has another movie you want, just turn around and watch that. And it's, yeah, it, it's a it's very it's very fun. Uh, also, like visit that concession stand because mm-hmm. that's how they make their money. Absolutely, uh, and uh, and keep those people in business. I, I I do remember at the time they were talking about, sorry for this aside, but oh, you're fine. Um, they were talking about uh, one of many that I've had. Not, um, <laughs> but they had, um, I remember I, cause I talked to the people who owned uh, the Tibbs drive-in at the time and they were planning on closing because oh. they were converting to digital projectors oh. and the old film projectors were going away and they thought there was no way they'd be able to afford it. Oh, uh, okay. Or to buy one cause they were prohibitively expensive. And so mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, we're probably not going to be open much longer. And then, Jeez. um, and then and then they were like also like people who bring popcorn in are killing us don't bring popcorn in come by (laughs) right that far but go buy some concessions they got good stuff oh yeah and there's nothing like driving french fries nothing in the world yeah oh yeah (laughs) but anyway they they did get i remember seeing a news story a couple years after that a a story in the star where they said uh, that that tibbs was installing their their projector and i like cheered because i was like that means they could still be around and Yep. Sure enough, they're still around today. So, yep. and it was a great value. So. Yeah, and they're even doing stuff with Heartland uh, as well. I yeah. don't know if they're doing anything this year with them, but um, I think that may have been just a, a byproduct of the pandemic um, yeah. that carried over to 2021 and 2022. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and Nick Rogers and I, the the first mm-hmm. movie we we went together to see um, Tenet at the uh, at Tibbs. 
um, as the nice. drive-in, and we social distanced, and you know, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Nice. That had been our like I think both of our first movies at the theater like in a, an over a year or oh yeah you know, like almost a year or something mm-hmm. like that when they you know and we uh, maybe it was wow. just in the middle of the pandemic I, I don't mm-hmm. hell I don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> time is different <laughs> yeah um all right well um i i don't want to take up too much more of your time so we can just uh we can kind of wind down end the show here if you if you don't mind yeah, um, yes. yeah. all sleep right some- <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um okay well thank you so much joe for joining me and chatting with me um looking forward to seeing you at indie tomorrow um yeah. and uh yeah hopefully it's good um <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah we'll uh, see indiana jones and yeah yeah and uh, before we go, if you want to give it people where they can find uh, your work online on your mm-hmm. social medias and everything, just yeah. go nuts. Yep, come yeah, come find me on Letterboxd, uh, uh, Joe Shearer. Uh, that's S H E A R E R. I don't know you. Ha- I don't even know what my my uh, <laughs> thing is. My. I- my actual you you have it do you still have I it do, there i do um and uh i have to give a mea culpa here um <laughs> well, listen, your... listen just look in the liner notes is that what you call well, the liner notes uh, the, the show notes and that's why i need to apologize because uh i was looking today and your your username is joe r shearer uh-huh. um and uh in the show notes for episode 393 uh, I have it as Joe Shearer, so it goes to a dead page. Um, so, <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, so by the time everyone's listening to this, that will be corrected in the 393 show notes. But Joe's letterboxed is Joe R. Shearer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, there's that. Find, come find me on Facebook. I don't know. Find mm-hmm. me on LinkedIn. Find me at Midwest Film Journal, of course, as, as I mentioned before. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be, um, uh, jumping on there soon and, and writing a few more reviews. Sweet. Um, and and then, uh, you know, other than that, just kind of follow me around. Jeez, that sounds like a <laughs> big ask of people. This is yeah. just, just, I'm just some random white dude, like follow me around <laughs> and watch and listen to me talk about movies and my kids and whatever yeah. nonsense is going on in my life. <laughs> it's, it's much less interesting than I'm trying to convince you that it is, but well, it's uh, I mean, still you know, a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll talk. I'll. I mean, I'll bore you to death about stories of movie screenings and whatever else I've I've done over the last twenty years. But hell um, yeah, I've, I've officially entered that stage of life where I'm like the old <laughs> guy sitting in a recliner telling you about the good old days. Nice. Well, I still have my youth, so I aspire to be you. Um. Well, thank you. <laughs> Everybody else in the world's like, my God, no, get away from him. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wind down. Thank you so much, Joe. Uh, Really appreciate it. Once again, guys, you can find uh, all of our stuff everywhere. Um, uh, Check out Patreon. uh, Join Patreon. We have different levels. So uh, I have a whole bunch of stuff going on there. I'm also doing weekly uh, Stephen King reviews for uh, the Holly Gibney books. So I'm doing like I just did three part review for Mr. Mercedes and for uh, Finders Keepers. And then I'm going to be doing End of Watch and then The Outsider and then all of that leading up to September where Stephen King is going to be releasing Holly, his new novel. Um, Also, tons and tons and tons of audio content over on Patreon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. I'm going to start playing us out. Joe, once again, thank you so much for joining me, and it's always a blast, and we'll have you back soon uh, for anything you want to talk about. (laughs) Thanks for listening. You're still listening. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And also check out Tower Junkies and Anthology, um, our other shows. Uh, But yeah, but thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode. And now enjoy this short clip from our Patreon exclusive RSS feed. For the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, such as early access to episodes, TV book and movie reviews and reaction recordings, commentary tracks, and Patreon potpourri episodes, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. You know, and it's, it's very exploitative, but also it's like ridiculous. It's, it's, uh, it's it was an early, uh, like an early 80s uh, HBO selection. It was the movie that, um, you know, I was like, it was like one of the movies when I was like six and seven years old that, you know, we'd sneak and watch on HBO <laughs> at my grandparents' house when nice. people were in the other room. And we'd try <laughs> to change it real fast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> this podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.